Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arscadding coming to you live from North Carolina. And what a blessed day it is to be back here on the wall with each and every one of you watching live or via replay. And first we have a bit of housekeeping. Um, It looks like YouTube has uh, allowed us to go back live on our uh, Christian Center YouTube channel. So um, we've been going live there. I'm shocked that it, it happened. Uh, they had originally told us till January 6th we wouldn't be able to do anything, and then after some appeals, uh, they have allowed us to come back. So we're back for now until things change again, even though we're still under some type of strike where they will be monitoring very closely uh, what we put up um, and really scrubbing through our videos through their their AI programs that they have to be able to scrub through. So... Um, just thought we would let everybody know that we are back on YouTube. Um, surprisingly to us, it happened this week, and so um, we'll continue to go live there for our services and noon prayers and everything as long as we're allowed to until something changes again where we say something that harms the community, supposedly. And um, But we just want to make everybody aware. We know some people prefer YouTube over others just because it's easier, especially on their TVs and stuff and watching via replay. But what you can do on YouTube, you can do on Rumble as well. So with that bit of housekeeping, we want to look into Scripture in the what we taught what I titled today is a war of worship and look back at one of the first encounters of worship or sacrifice in the Bible in Genesis 4 to show that some of the things we're dealing with now has always been uh, since the beginning of mankind and even in the early stages of mankind coming out of the garden and so we look in Genesis 4 and I want to bring this up in the story of Cain and Abel. And I want to start um, in verse 2. Uh, obviously, verse 1 talks about giving birth to Cain. And in verse 2, tells the story of how, again, she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground, and Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions, and the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering he had no regard, so Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. And then he goes, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you. But you must master it. 
And Cain later on uh, told Abel his brother, and it came about that when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. So quite a few things here. Um, in looking at this first encounter of offering sacrifices. Now, we see here that there's obviously a difference between Cain's offering and Abel's offering. And Hebrews 11.4 can tell us a little bit about this difference. So when we look at Hebrews 11.4, we see that by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. And God testifying about his gift and through faith, though he is dead, Abel still, he still speaks. And so we see here the, the difference between um, Cain and Abel and where Abel was able to offer a sacrifice in his worship via faith. And Abel, I mean Cain, excuse me, was doing it through uh, what scholars believe is a religious act. Is He thought if he did the, the perfect thing, you know, offered the first fruit, which Adam was obviously taught after coming out of the garden to make up for um, the sins that they committed <clears throat> as a representation of the living true sacrifice of Jesus, uh, we see here that even from the beginning of time that religious acts were occurring and have occurred. And when we can look throughout Scripture even further and, and in the time of Jesus with the Pharisees, and still examine, have to examine ourselves and repent to where we may have caused this and not in offering sacrifices and worship to the Lord via faith and humility. And so we see this as the example of even from the beginning of time, of mankind, of the war on worship that it has existed and the mind battle that you know, even Cain had is, is, you know, in verse six, the Lord is saying to Cain, he says, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will your countenance be lifted up and, and showing he has, a, he still has a decision is he can continue to give in to his anger, be angry, yet do not sin. As we later find out in scripture. And if you do, and he goes on, if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. And so this shows we ha there is a war on worship, and, and there's grace from the Lord to offer us the ability to correct ourselves where we have, have gotten off or fallen down. And a righteous man gets back seven times, gets back up seven times, and so... With this examination of Scripture here, uh, we notice the war on worship, and then we want to pray to renew uh, the sacrifice of God in our lives, and then ultimately to declare that you will bring to Him the best that He requires, out of love, not out of religion, and out of faith, and not out of a demand. And so... We, we see this understanding of seeing how, even at the early stages of mankind, the war on worship has raged on and still rages on 
uh, now from then till now into eternity. Now, with that, we want to dive into the news. We have some interesting things to pay attention to, um, and then we want to close out on some very good things out of Michigan. We want to be fully aware of some things that are happening. So, first, we've been following the story out of Israel and Lebanon with the maritime deal. Um, it is now in the process of officially being signed by both parties and the UN. Um, again, the main reason we want to pay attention to this is because the Biden administration has been heavily involved in this and really forced this to come about um, via the really lead negotiator uh, from the Biden administration that has been appointed and, and got this done. And it is being praised as a great deal for both Lebanon and Israel. Israel's uh, current prime minister is praising this and saying that um, this is good that this fortifies uh, Israel's security and our freedom uh, to act against Hezbollah and the threats from the north. Uh, he's praising the fact that he believes that uh, Lebanon is recognizing Israel, even though they are absolutely not recognizing Israel, which in the Middle East is a huge thing. Um, they're ultimately signing this deal in two separate rooms because the Lebanese cannot be in the same room with a Jew and the Israeli delegation. So they're because they have a disdain for them so much, they're going to be in two separate rooms signing this deal. And then they have to submit it to the UN. The UN has to recognize it and then... The UN signs it once they they sign it, then it, it becomes official. Uh, there is a French company that is being that isn't heavily involved in this who will start drilling oil for the Lebanese and getting oil out of the boundary lines that were disputed before this. Uh, and also there is the um, the Biden administration official Amos Hochstein who says that this deal should last after both countries have new leadership coming in because if we remember back to the details of this deal is that lebanon has a new government a new president coming forward after this term's over on october 31st and then israel has their elections on november 1st so you have two new regimes and coming in meaning you have two lame duck leaders of countries making this deal at a time when you have a lot of differing scenarios going on. And so now it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. This is going to be one of those deals where you're going to just see it, know it, um, and then unfortunately when disputes arise because of this, we're going to have to look back and start understanding the reality of why certain things are occurring in the future. Um, Hezbollah has been left out of this deal. Israel says that's a good thing. It's easy for Hezbollah to say, well, because we were left out of this deal, we want to get involved in this. We want to take over the revenues. Um, there's, It's a lot of just pie-in-the-sky type stuff, so something to, to really pay attention to um, and just be aware of in the, in the future as Israel has given up... Um, water rights and, and boundary lines that are still yet um, fully to be 
acknowledged by uh, both parties. So we have that deal going forward. Then we see something to, again, continue to be aware of and pray about for our administration is that Russia is now warning those within the West, the United States, Europe, who have been using over the last several months in the dispute between Russia and Ukraine, using satellite images to help Ukraine out as best as they possibly can. Russia is now saying, we will target those satellites if you continue to to use those. We see that as an act of aggression, and we will, we will do something about it. In a statement made from... Um, Konstantin Voronostov, a deputy director of Russian Foreign Minister's Department, uh, came out and said this in the UN floors, really just basically um, giving a warning to Western, the Western world, quote-unquote, which the U.S. falls in, um, which from all intelligence, beliefs, understanding is that, yes, the U.S. has been doing this um, and been helping out Ukraine rather than sending troops on the ground. Which you would say, okay, that's a that's a smart thing. Um, so we'll see how this kind of plays out. If the U.S. backs off, if other nations back off, um, does Russia then start to attack satellites? Which obviously was what the cold part of what the Cold War was about, um, and understanding that the who has the eyes in the sky uh, has an advantage. And in this instance, it's been helping um, Ukraine mightily uh, over their battle with Russia. So we want to continue to pray for our administration to have the wisdom and fear of the Lord on this issue, military leaders especially, um, to see what goes on in these countries. And then also to give them the strategies that they need in this dispute to see how we can help protect the innocence of the Ukrainians um, to be able to defend themselves against the onslaught of attacks from the Russians. Now, domestically, we have some things to watch out for ahead of these midterms. And we have found out, uh, we've been informed, the world has, uh, via uh, Pennsylvania's acting Secretary of State, that there is a possibility, this is quite interesting that this is coming out even before the elections um, are occurring, that there's a possibility that there will be a delay in election of election results in the entirety of Pennsylvania. She's saying this because uh, there's a little over a million mail-out ballots that were sent out, and currently there's just over half have been returned, they're, the Republican Party within Pennsylvania is telling people to not put them in drop boxes, which obviously um, is of grave concern after this last election, and to for people to actually hand them in to an official or bring them to on the day of, on November 8th, to the local um, voting booths and return them there to an official and not just put them in the mail or drop box, etc., the interesting thing is that every state around the entire country can accept these mail-in ballots, count them, count all the ballots the day of, and have no problem. But why is it in Pennsylvania and blue areas that this tends to be a problem? I think you understand the realities of this. 
And her reasoning for why she says that the, there's going to be a possible delay is because Pennsylvania has a law that does not, re, does not allow them to be able to quote-unquote canvas and or count the votes up until 8 p.m. once all the votes have been cast on election day. Again, they can just run them through the system um, and have them be counted in the matter of hours, but that's besides the point. So uh, something to be aware of, pay attention to, and pray for, for anybody in Pennsylvania, um, that nothing nefarious happens. Obviously, I think we understand what happens at, at, at 4 o'clock in the middle of the night on an election day. Um and so we just want to pray that nothing nefarious happens. This is a a clear warning and red flag for those in Pennsylvania to not go home. If you're a poll watcher, if you're involved um, with possibly counting these elections, to make sure nothing nefarious goes on. I'm not saying something will. I'm just saying, hey, look, this is something to be fully aware of. They're warning you ahead of time. This is not a this should not be a shocker. Um, and these comments came before, uh, actually before the um, de- the disastrous debate with Fetterman and Oz. So now that there's that, it's something to pray about. <laughs> to pray that nothing nefarious does actually happen. Now, with that being said, sticking ahead of elections is in Florida, there was actually a Democrat who lost an election come forward and report to Florida officials about ballot, the ballot harvesting schemes in and around Orlando. And there, um, the candidate's name was Cynthia Harris, who was a former order, Orange County commissioner candidate who filed a sworn affidavit in late August with the Secretary of State's office alleging that illegal operations to collect third-party ballots have been ongoing for years in the Orlando area where voting activists are paid $10 for each ballot they collect. She goes on to describe what actually happens and actually has video from 2017 about how this has been going on. Um, she's obtained scripts that the activists get from their bo- quote-unquote bosses to ba- to be able to ballot harvest when they go to the doors of the community that they're in. Um, and she talks about how this has been happening within black communities more so uh, than in any any other community in the Orlando area. And this is huge news because, number one, and we're seeing now in what's happening in Florida with these um, this really voter integrity election um, board brought up and, and created in Florida to where this can be an example for how other states around the country can look at disputes within elections that have been going on for quite some time. And this um, Office of Election Crimes and Securities doesn't have the authority to actually arrest people. They're just an investigative wing of um, Florida's Department of Justice. They have now uh, referred this investigation to the um, Florida Department of Law Enforcement and the DOJ, to where they're going to look at possible violations of the um, Florida statute section 104. It's it's in the article here. I'll I'll post a link later. But the the interesting thing here is that obviously with what happened, you have the true the vote 
organization point out some of these issues in Wisconsin and other areas around the country. You also have the um, 2000 Mules documentary from Dinesh D'Souza that points out some of these other things. And so the question becomes now is, is now that we, people are aware that there are possibilities of nefarious acts occurring, what will states do about it? You have Arizona who has done something about it in, in the recent history and most of the state, obviously in certain areas, we followed it here. Uh, the question became is why aren't people willing to look further into these things? And that will then now be the question of after these midterms and even as these midterms go on, will people have the backbone to simply ask the question of what is going on? And um, this is quite interesting to see what happens here out of this. And do other states start looking into issues of this? And more so, do more people come forward? Because to have a smoking gun like this, a former Democrat, uh, or a Democrat more so, um, who really lost for all, she lost her election because of what she believes are allegations of this type of thing going on, um, I'm not too particular about this election. It's a small local election, so maybe she didn't agree with the party line, etc. Who knows? But this is um, a very in-depth understanding of the issue before coming forward and having the evidence to bring this out. So this shows uh, that there are people out there who know these things are going on, who can get evidence and possibly get evidence now, about some of the nefarious acts going on. And this is this is quite huge. And this could set a precedence for the rest of the country to possibly have um, investigative wings to possibly do this. Um, then there's the, the, the reality that, hey, you're kind of giving you know, government a, a bigger arm to do something about it. But at the end of the day, is, is there are questions that need to be answered around the integrity of elections and to deal with the nefarious actions that have been going on and a positive thing here to see what comes of this so something we'll pay attention to um out of this is it's being reported by just the news and then last thing this is a really good thing um in showing again that parents have more of a say over their children's education than even these local board of education commissioners want to consider and you're seeing this play out in Michigan, as you did in Virginia, where in and around Dearborn, Michigan, you're seeing parents like in Loudoun County, Virginia, rise up and stand up to the insanity of the type of books and the type of education that has been going on in their children's lives. And this is something that goes dates back even to the, the 60s with the increase of sex education um, for the stated purpose. Mind you, we have to look back at the stated purpose of what those things were for, was to, to prevent teenage pregnancies and venereal disease. But then in the reality is those things originally just skyrocketed because you're introducing things to children um, without parents' involvement and, and without parents' full understanding of the issue. And now parents are starting to... 
to finally stand up. And unlike what happened in the 60s and 70s where you only had a few small voices standing up and saying something, because of the advent of social media and, you know, it has its issues and its problems, parents are being able to become more aware of this stuff. They're being able to be more involved and they're able to call out these school boards and, and stand up to them. And we go back again to the dream Regis Richards had about, you know, the, at first parents didn't want to be involved after coming out of COVID. And now, now that the Holy Spirit, the Lord showed via the dream that yes, they, they will eventually stand up and they're doing it now. And this isn't a right or left issue. This is a, let's protect the innocence of children in this. Um, and, and at the end of the day, give the parents the right to choose what, they want to teach their children and parents red blue white green left right do not want this insanity of the lgbtq type stuff just being thrust down their children's throat without the knowledge of their parents being involved in any matter shape or form and then when parents do speak up oh they're just being fundamentalist far-right extremist and in loudon county virginia showed us that was not the truth that there were staunch liberals people who would consider themselves progressive who said no we're not okay with this who would stand up for the innocence of their children and, and who were not believers whatsoever. And so this is a positive thing. This is a rallying cry. And those who want to continue to have current Governor Whitmer back in office are starting to pour money back into Michigan ahead of these races. They're seeing Tudor Dixon uh, gain. And the, the debate the other night did not help Governor Whitmer. Um, it really just solidified to parents that, in their eyes, she's unfit to be governor after what had happened during COVID. And, and that's a thing to seriously consider for parents is, look, now's the time um, to let these politicians know how and grade them how they did during COVID. And if locking down and keeping children at home uh, away and isolated and... and the test scores just demonstrably bombing because of it is that something they want to continue to do or do they want to continue to allow their children to go back to school to learn how to read write and do arithmetic uh, rather than these progressive ideologies and more so regressive ideologies that are just in not even biblically not even moral just insane and so this is a very positive note to see that the parents in Michigan, like in Virginia, are rising up despite all the other issues, despite everything else that people may believe in their politics, is that children are a motivating factor when it comes to these midterms and something to continue to pray for, for parents to rise up and vote based upon biblical moral values so that not only we can have freedoms in this nation, but that children can be protected from the insanity of the things that are going on in the local school boards right underneath their nose for quite some time. And understand that even though, you know, these elections may turn, that there will still be those who are in these education systems who will try to do these things. And this is a battle for the long haul, not for the short term. So it's a very, very encouraging note to see that there are parents around this country who are standing up, who will stand up, and who do care 
in the long term for their children, but it is not a, a short-term battle. It is a long-term um, war. And so we want to continue, as it's been going on since in the 60s when it heated up even before then, and, and even raging on now. So we want to continue to to be aware of this issue. And thank you to everyone for following along today. We'll be back tomorrow to close out this week as we continue to pray for this nation and be aware uh, and sober about some of these issues that are going on with our administration and with the coming midterm elections. So blessings, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.